Hello? I've just shot somebody. I did it on purpose. I said I have murdered a man and I want to confess. Like the whole last what, ten minutes, the whole last ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. And this is probably if if you're listening to this, the music's probably fading down right yes. now. Yes, because the rest of what we just talked about has been cut out. Yes, thank God. Yeah, not that it would matter because you know she doesn't. Sure, sure. Listen. Um, well, anyways, today we're talking about uh, Last Action Hero. This movie came out in 1993. It was directed by John McTiernan. Uh, the writers for this was Zach Penn, Adam Leff, and Shane Black. So Zach and Adam, they wrote the story. They came up with a concept, and then Shane Black wrote the screenplay. So you have Shane Black, John McTiernan, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. There's no way this movie was going to fail. And it, it really didn't. It kind of did, though. I, it, it did. You <laughs> it say lost, that, but... It lost money because, I mean, it spent so much on, first of all, the budget and then the advertising for it. It ended up losing money, and it kind of just got forgotten about thanks to some dinosaurs. Yeah, but it was such a great, great movie. It was. It was. And if you have this type of cast, it shouldn't have failed. And that should tell you something about, because if you know what happened to it, which we'll we'll get into, but um, it it should not have failed, and that's what I want to talk about and and talk about... The non-failure. The non-failure? Yeah. Well, you know, talk about... How it would have fared in today's world, that yeah. type of thing. So yeah. Yeah, before yeah. we get to that, though, we have a top five list to do. Uh, we just did this real quick today because uh, we haven't done one in a couple episodes. So these are our top five action heroes. And uh, so not, not actors, but these are top five action heroes in movies. Um, and we're talking about the characters that we like. All right. So what is your number five? Okay, my number five is going to be Bruce Willis as um, um, John McClane. Okay, so John McClane. Yes. John McClane, number five. Nice. Yep. So, okay, in our tradition, we have one the same. We both have John McClane as our number five. Um, I don't think we really need to talk about why. Yeah. We'll just go through the list. Bruce Willis as an action star in general. I mean, we could say that, too. You know what I mean? I mean, just almost every one of his char- characters are action. Even in his comedies, he's action. You know, I mean... Bruce Willis? Yes. Mm. Like, the lo- not the longest yard, the... Uh, the um, whole nine yards? The whole nine yards. Such a creep movie. It is. Who's your number four? Uh, number four, let's see. Um, <laughs> did you do your list? <laughs> y- y- no, I did. Oh, okay. Number four would be... Um, uh, I didn't know we were going to go from five back. I, I forgot that we did that. Um, the whole world uh, does it that way, Andrew. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> okay, here we go. Number four is uh, Ch- uh, Chow Yun-Fat, uh, Ah Jong in The Killers. Okay, 
Okay, so his character in the kill yes. list is your, is your yes, number four action hero. That's what's taking me so long. I'm going to have to remember what their character the names character are. Names yeah, are, I got you. Okay. So, all right. Uh, just just because of the action in it, because of his journey, his hero's journey, something like that. Yeah, I mean, he's just an assassin, and, and he does this role so well, and, and it's it was very the, iconic. The replacement killers? Uh, no, it's called The Killer. The Killer. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it's um, a delusional assassin accepts one last hit in hopes of using his earnings to restore vision to the singer he accidentally blinded. Okay, so he he he's an assassin, like retired assassin, but he does one more oh, job. John Wick. Yeah, basically. But I mean, this this film, and I really would love to do this film, but on the podcast. But sure. it's in 1989, came out in 1989. Oh, okay. But it's, uh, I mean, he and his his iconic thing is where he's wearing this like white suit, but just like with a like almost a Hawaiian shirt oh, on. Is that from 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 Chang from uh the uh from community. Community, yeah. Yes. Same and where he's Chang. got the gun and he's got the, <laughs> the cigarette. But, oh yeah. But, and they pay him like the Dean pays yes. him to go in and But it's not him. it's not a cigarette. I mean and Chang's not a cigarette. He doesn't have a cigarette. It's like a um a candy cigarette or a uh-huh. sucker or something. And so he's got uh, th- that's very iconic look. Oh, and okay. So that one, yeah. that's where that's from. Okay. All right. Well, my number four is T eight hundred from T two. Okay. Okay. I like the one from T- from Terminator one, but T two that's where it's at. I love the action hero. He's got a journey, uh, depth, and you know the sacrifice. And yeah. Everything. So that's my number four. Uh, what's your number three? Ripley. Ellen Ripley. Number Are three. you serious? Yeah. Yep. We both wow, have Ripley two for on number five. Three. That's really good. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I got number three at Ellen Ripley. I mean, what more can I say? I mean, come on now. My top two are like the the movies that I watched on repeat when I was younger, just over and over and over and over and yeah, over again. Yeah. But yeah, number three, she just stands out. She's so badass in all what four movies now that she's been in. Yes. So was she in anything past Alien Resurrection? Mm. No, I don't no, think so. so. One, two, three, and okay. Uh, okay, so what's your number two? My number two is um, uh, Mel Gibson, Lethal Weapon. Martin Riggs. I got number yep. two. <laughs> nice. That's oh, crazy. Wow. We only have our number four. That's. I, I know my number one is. Uh, you well, yeah, that'll one. be different. But that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I got number two. I got Martin Riggs too because I mean enough I, said on that one. I mean, I when mean, I was younger, I used to like act that out and yeah. everything. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, I just love those movies so much. But, yeah. Uh, what's your number one? My number one is Bruce Lee, oh. on Lee in Enter the Dragon. Okay. Enter the Dragon. That's the more famous one where yes. he's in the mirrors and yes. all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm not a huge Bruce Lee. Um, uh, I don't know a lot about him or anything like yeah. that. So I have to watch more of his movies. Uh, my number one is Jack Trabin from Speed. Uh, yeah, I, I that would be an honorable mention yeah, for an me. Honorable mention. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's probably a couple that we could say, you know, like Neo, you know, if we wanted to get into yeah. those. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is an awesome Reeves. action yeah, John uh, Wick. actor gen- in general. I mean, yeah. Point Break. Point Break, yeah, I mean, yeah. Come on now. Um, uh, Johnny Utah uh, yep. from Point Break. That's yeah, what I'm saying. And, I mean, there's many from Arnold to pick from. I mean, what a, one thing, one of, the one, one of the things I want to get into with this is that Arnold, he's he doesn't really do, okay, and I know you're going to disagree with me on this, but he doesn't I don't think he does comedy well as somebody else. So like the comedy that he does, you know it's Arnold the, the what makes it funny is is that it's Arnold doing it. The things, okay. right? And all the things. But this is self-aware. 
you know, this movie is yeah, self-aware. Right. It's it's Arnold, and he realizes he's being played by some guy named Arnold, mm-hmm. and it's a cheesy action movie that they're just they're just all laughing at, anyways. Or I mean, you know, it's 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 an action movie, so um, you you still have it as an action hero, but um, he does the comedy well because it's self-aware. I don't know if yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah. Now I know you can make arguments about I, kindergarten I, cop twins. My personal opinion is Arnold is naturally funny. Was born funny. I think that the action side was it's like a costume for him in yeah. a way. You know what I mean? Like I think Arnold's true calling was comedy or action comedies. Even I mean you could combine the two, but I really feel like his true calling was comedy because. He just does it so naturally. Like, it's because he's really in, kind of an idiot in a way. You know what I mean? Like, like not really like, I mean, he, uh, granted, became the governor, all that. I get all that. You know what I mean? But it doesn't say a lot in that sense. You know, I mean, I'm not saying he was an idiot, but he you was just he, said that he. Okay. <laughs> I take that back. He's an idiot. Two minutes later. Okay. I'm not saying that he's an idiot. <laughs> I take that back. He He's naturally funny because not so much he he's is. an idiot, but he's. He's from, he's not from America. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't raised with with American ideals. It's like watching, um, um, what's his name? Oh, my gosh. Um, Sylvester. No, the French guy, uh, uh. Oh, Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Okay, Jean-Claude Van Damme is is not from America, not born and raised in America. So his idea of 80s and, and comedy and, and dancing in the 80s, like, I mean, there's <laughs> famous guess. memes with him that involves his dancing, but that's that's the same kind of outlook at that it. You know, an awesome dance, you by can, the way. Right, it is. But you can, you can really know somebody that was like, hey, this person, you know, the way they act, their mannerisms and everything else like that, born and raised in America. Not saying it's any better or any worse than any other country. I mean, well, I think America's the best country in the world, but right. what I'm saying is that, you know, I'm not trying to insult. It's not an insult to him. Yeah. You know, it's it's more just because of it's it's not something they can help. You know what I mean? And Arnold's just funny no matter what he does. You know, even even you watch him in, in, in the first Predator, right? Yeah, when he's Dutch. Yes. I mean, he was trying to be like, oh, I'm tough, but he's <laughs> it was it's hilarious, like too. The handshake in the yes. world. Oh, son of a bitch. Yes. And I think we've done this before on previous episodes because I remember cutting that clip in. Too. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. He's just, even in his action movies, he's, I mean, Terminator, but obviously. come on, man. Okay, yeah. look at look at Jingle All the Way. Look at I love that movie. I know I love it. Look at Kindergarten Cop. Love yep. it. Look love at it. Junior Twins. All these comedy movies that he does. It's it's <laughs> it's the absurdity, right? Of this giant. Because he's an and absurd so human many, being. There's so many jokes within the movie about his size and how big he is yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Or because that's his, his that's his outer self in a sense. I think that that's his costume. I know. But his inner self is the comedic genius in his own right. right. But I mean that that's kind of like the the cheating act. He's not an idiot, so, by the way. No, I just no, want to make that not. a point, right? I'm not. not. I don't think he's an idiot. I just think. Like, you know how when people act idiotic, you know what I mean? Like, I act idiotic. Yeah. Everybody does. Yeah. You know, but that's the kind of thing I was talking about. I didn't mean he's an idiot. No, no, no. You know? I, obviously, I, yeah, no, yeah, nobody thinks that. But uh, I'm just saying, like, in those other movies, it's absurd because it's this this type of, you know, this person who looks like he does and speaks like he does in these other roles. And it's kind of like you're thinking of the Mr. Universe and the Terminator thing and everything. Terminator was really close to what, you know lining up with that but 
it's the absurdity of it being Arnold doing these things, and Last Action Hero is the only one that gives an excuse for that. Well, you he know makes I mean. fun of himself all the time yeah, exactly. in that movie. The, the whole movie is him really kind of clowning Getting on himself. his last name even right, his and then own. when they say Schwarzenegger, he's like, is yes. tight? And so not even, you know, it's making fun of his characters, because we get that, we get bits and pieces of that, you know, of his different characters from different movies, but he's making fun of his characters, his personal, actual, real self, you know, so, and, and obviously he, he thinks he's he's a character himself after, you know, he figures out it's, this is real. You know, he's like, okay, now I'm, make, I'm making fun of myself. So it's like, it's like he's breaking the fourth wall and the fifth wall. <laughs> the ceiling. The ceiling. Break that glass Break ceiling. Break that glass. <laughs> so uh, this movie was released against Jurassic Park. Yeah. Uh, it's a bummer. I think it was, uh, was it the same weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. either the same weekend or the, the weekend after it. And um, Arnold, I think, was one of the ones that was trying to get it moved like four weeks earlier than Jurassic Park. That way they could at least have, you know, a good, t- you know, some kind of a good return or whatever. Yeah. But there's a lot of back and forth about what was the reason, why, all this kind of stuff. For whatever reason, this movie didn't hit and stay as hard as his other ones did because he was just doing hit after hit after hit and then Terminator 2. That was right before this. And it was just, you know, I mean, that was the pinnacle, really. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... It had problems because, you know, Jurassic Park overshadowed it. And, you know, once you everybody saw Jurassic Park, they, you know, because and there's a whole story in that that we need to get into when we do Jurassic mm-hmm. Park. But, you know, the the just a little bit is um, nobody thought that the move, the dinosaur movie, as they called it, was going to do very well. I mean, yeah. they started out trying to use animatronics and and um, and stop motion claymation. For the dinosaurs, yeah, I think so. Everybody was just like worried, but but then they experimented with this new CGI stuff, yeah, and were able to get a moving dinosaur with the practical ones, so that they didn't have to do. The- plus, plus, if you think about it, because this movie should have hit real hard because it's it's Arnold in the early '90s, so he's still at like top top form, exactly. You know what I mean? So this this film should have done way better than it did, but for the simple reason that. Uh, a dinosaur movie nobody thought would do great uh, end up popping up and and they were like ah no nah, it's Arnold in the early 90s it's a film about him being an action star in a movies how can we go wrong how can we not make a yeah. bunch of a buttload of mo- uh, money on this <clears throat> so and I, I know that meta movies existed back then and everything I don't think they were very popular but this is one of those very meta movies where I think it just kind of flew over a lot of people's heads. Not that they didn't get it or whatever, but it just wasn't of the time. You know, in that time, it was more about the straightforward stories, the the dramatic settings and everything, you know, the beautiful settings and the dressings and all that kind of stuff. But if you look at where we are nowadays, where we have... Um, things like Stranger Things, you know, being set back, you know, a tribute to the... Uh, 80s or whatever and which i love by the way and is my favorite part that you know these clothes that these kids were wearing i was wearing you know yet smaller versions of this stuff but i i in love it action hero no no in stranger things, things yeah. you know i love that show because of that reason you know it's it's nostalgia and and i remember wearing some of those clothes and yeah. seeing that carpet and seeing those that furniture and those cars you know <laughs> i mean i i, I grew up in those yeah cars. i grew up somewhat in the 80s so yeah 
You know, and it, that's what I'm saying is that you have Stranger Things. It's a tribute to the 80s Final Girls movie where, you know, they go into the movie. Yeah. And that was a tribute to 80s slasher movies, you know, yeah. and more specifically Friday My daughter the keeps wanting me to watch that. And I'm like, it just doesn't find any interest. I didn't either. I was kind of like, ah, it's a great movie. It's Was well, so that the one with good. Emma Roberts? No. What's that one with Emma Roberts? It's a newer one. It's like Scream, uh, Scream Queens. That's the one that she wants me to watch. Isn't that a TV show, though? Uh, yes. Scream Queens is a TV show. But. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so if this were released today, you have all that other nostalgia that's coming back. You have uh, a generation of kids and young people that uh, are into memes and YouTube shorts and, and GIFs and all this kind of stuff. And... Um, so, so you know, they and this is taking pieces of pop culture. If a movie came out today where they were spoofing '90s action, '80s and '90s action movie stars, right? And you had Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, it's it obviously wouldn't work with his age or whatever. But if you had it come out now and it was spoofing those movies back in the day, it would be received so much better, I think, today because people get that meta concept of you know they wouldn't be like. They would be like react like Danny would react. Like it that doesn't really affect him. He kind of freaked out for a second, but he's like, okay, now let me tell this guy that he's a, yeah. he's in a movie and I'm in a movie and all this. Well, Su- Supernatural did a meta episode like this. They also did a, a uh, um, what is it called? A uh, Scooby Doo episode where they went into the cartoons kind of thing. Oh, okay. And then you know, like Stay Tuned, the movie that we yeah. did a podcast over that that was kind of meta yeah. and Ready uh, Player One. Yep. There's, I mean, there's so many different things where, you know, you have those different... Wreck-It Ralph. That's become popular. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, he, he knows that he's a character in yeah, the game or exactly. whatever. Um, you know, uh, Toy Story with yep. Buzz Lightyear. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. you just... All these different things. It's but- about these formulas that I keep talking about, yeah. too, and that I keep bringing up that every... You know, a lot of movies will use a certain formula. It's like there's a book of formulas of how yeah. to do a movie and you pretty much just uh, go through it. Here's how you do a meta movie. This is how you do this one. This is how you do a, a true 80s slasher. This is how you do a, a remake of an 80s television show but with like Stranger Things. trying thing. to make one like that, you be self-aware about it and acknowledge yeah. in the movie... You know, hey, yep, we're in the, on the joke too, guys. You yeah, know, by well, throwing that stuff exactly. In there. Like, and then so uh, it's not corny or cliche, right. or Something this, that '70s show is doing it to itself by doing that '90s show. Oh yeah, yeah, you know? that's true. And, and and girl meets world after boy meets world. Yep, yep. And and say by the bell. I, guess I mean, was, how many yeah, times but, did they redo that one? But I guess these are more like reboots or whatever. Kind or of, I guess. Or whatever, yeah, but I don't know. So that's what I'm saying. You have people like Zach Penn, who became a real famous screenwriter in his own right. John McTiernan, who wrote all these movies, directed all these great movies. And then Shane Black, who has written all these great movies like Lethal Weapon and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Iron Man 3 and all these different things. So you have all these. It should have worked. So I think that that, that's the best type of meta type movie you could make in that time. And it still wasn't received well. But I think if that came out today, looking almost exactly like it did, maybe updated, you know, special effects or whatever. But, I mean, it still looks great. And if you had that nowadays, I think it would be a lot more popular. That's why I think people should go back and watch it because it's on Netflix right now. Well, here's go here's, back and watch it. here's the thing. I know it's rated PG-13. That was a uh, uh, joke in the actual film that we just watched. Right. They couldn't say you know, cuss words. Yeah, they or... couldn't say cuss words. I think because it was a PG-13 movie, you had somebody like Arnold in it. 
and it was PG-13, but, you know, nowadays you kind of look at it like maybe it shouldn't have been PG-13, maybe a little bit higher or something like that. But I think the mix with having a child in the film and somebody like Arnold and the type of basis where it's just borderline PG-13, you know, I kind of feel like that. Terminator 2, was that PG-13? I don't know. It's kind of the same thing. You yeah, feel like that, that what? I just don't feel like, I think that wasn't a good formula for him to have a kid in this type of film. I mean, I understand having a kid with something a little bit less edgier, you know, per se, and maybe a different kind of actor, or having Arnold with, you know, a younger 19-year-old or something like that, somebody that's a little bit older than the kid in this film. Yeah. I think that, that it just didn't really, maybe it, was a little bit too much for some people. Works in Terminator, but maybe not in a comedy. Well, I don't think it really should. I don't think that should have been PG thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I maybe it was R. I don't like. I think the director's cut, like the extended cut that you can watch. I think that's R. Well, I don't know. I mean, that was kind of, of in that. yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, so the writers of this movie they were inspired by The Simpsons, in that The Simpsons is kind of a send up of the Modern Family program, but while also being itself a Modern Family program, you know, yeah. it is uh, criticizing the Modern Family tropes or whatever, or just being funny about it. And then this movie, it was being, you know, it was a send up of action movies while still being a pretty good action movie in itself, you know, yeah. and having a, a pretty good driving story, at least interesting story. Well, I think there's a very big, there's a there's a lot bigger underlining story here. Like, I know what kind of story we're having, but, you know, it's it's like you said, the meta type thing. But in, in, a, in a way, it's kind of like, you know, his motivations as a kid because he, he never has a father figure, right? right? So he looks at Arnold as being his father figure yeah, even before, before he even meets him there. You and know, not that's even Arnold, I'd say Jack. Like yeah. the character that Arnold plays. Correct, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To. That's yeah. who he looks up to because he doesn't that's have a father hero. figure. Yeah, that's his hero. And he's he's a great protector. He protects everybody around him. He's genuinely a, a good guy. Um, you know, he he's just somebody he can look up to, right? Yeah. And so he still doesn't have that, you know, in his real life. He doesn't have that, you know. So he wants that. And, and I think in a way that that's kind of like the ticket new, in a sense, you know, to meet this hero. But then it doesn't ever, it doesn't really end well in that sense. You know, I mean, it ends well for Jack, but did it end well for the kid? You know, um, I, I mean, think he's. I think he's. Um, I think maybe I mean, Jack a bit got more his confidence. You know, because he was always scared about going out to. Oh no, he was crying right there at the end. Remember? Yeah, when he, but that remember we saw he fake. He was faking. well. Yeah, yeah, he faked that so he could take the dude out with a big gun. Yeah, yeah. But um, did you know Carrie Fisher was brought on to this to spice up some of the dialogue? Really. Yeah, so apparently she was actually well known back then for script doctoring. Yeah, and she, you know, just you know, because look at how snappy she is. Oh yeah, I mean, if you've read any of her books, I've yeah. read a little bit of a couple of her books, and just, just you could tell her personality. Oh, she, from that she's a, she's very comedic, you yeah, know, comedic, and, and, acerbic, but like witty. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, she comes from a dynasty, so yeah, you Debbie know, Reynolds, Debbie Reynolds, so. And uh, so, and actually, she, rest in peace, by the way. Yes, on both of them. Both. Um, she was actually brought on to the Lethal Weapon three script and she was the one that introduced Rene Russo's character okay. in Lethal Weapon 3. So. so they uh so obviously the director is a fan of hers. Yeah, I guess because so. that's those two movies have in common, correct? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, because John McTiernan, he at least had. Because I mean, I know it was um, oh, what's his name that did Lethal Weapon movies. Uh, he also did the Goonies. Richard Donner. Yes. Yeah, but Definitely I, a Donner I know film. Shane Black wrote the first one. John McTiernan was in there somewhere, but um, so uh. This, you know, people said that this was kind of started his decline after this movie. I mean, he had True Lies after this, but that was really the last big action movie that people really care, you know, because he had his time, you know, back in about from about the mid 80s to about the mid 90s. Yeah. That was like his sweet spot where he was releasing all hits and pretty much everything he released was received pretty good, except for, you know, like Red Sonja. Well, I think he kind of got not a couple others. Not really softer, per se. You know, he just probably... It didn't seem like he was putting as much effort into his acting Yeah. around that time. You know, like, it, I think that's what really made him fall off because he... It just didn't seem like he was into it anymore, you know? I mean, he don't get me wrong. The guy's been doing it and been in the spotlight for, you know, probably, what, 20, 30 years by this point? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so... uh you know he's been in the spotlight most of his life you know yeah, so it's kind of like these child actors in the 70s right? yeah yeah so i mean he technically in a way was a child actor in a way you know i mean with with his even with his weightlifting and stuff like that you know in a sense he'd been in the spotlight since he was a kid like you know 19. so yeah so it comes to a point where you get older and you're like you know i, I don't really want to do this for the rest of my life kind of thing you know and yeah. even though you got people asking for it but you know a lot of those true quote-unquote true artist you know they'll do it until they die you know yeah yep here's yepers um all right well do you have anything else before we dig into this um oh i do real quick um charles dance's character well actually we didn't even even go over the cast i went over all the other stuff um Mm -hmm. uh in this movie we have arnold schwarzenegger plays jack slater f murray abraham as john practice uh, Art Carney as Frank, Charles Dance as Benedict, Frank McRae as uh, Decker, the uh, the chief, um, Tom Noonan as the Ripper, Robert Prosky as Nick, uh, and then who do we say? Ian McKellen we saw as Death. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we, we wrote one thing real quick. <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh, yeah, we got talk. We didn't talk about John Williams. Um, uh, oh, last episode? No, just the fact that he said he'd do like one more film. Yeah. Are we talking? Uh, and no. What are we talking about? The John? composer. Uh, what's his face? Um, um. John Williams. Yeah, I'm saying that right, right? Yeah. What are we talking about? Okay, <laughs> uh, the the composer, right? Uh huh. Yeah. He he said he's doing one more movie and he's done with movies. Oh. Oh. Okay. You're talking about news right now. Yes. Okay. Because yes. I know that. In last week's episode, we didn't talk about John Williams for Jaws. Yes, correct. So, and, and I did want to drop that because I thought that was important news to know. Okay, so I should have said we that know, Do we know like has he picked one or he's just saying no. like, hey, I'll do one more. He's going to do one more, and that's he, it. Apparently. He's got to do it for Spielberg. Yeah. Well, I know he's got to do what? What is he doing right now? Um, there's another film. What has he been doing lately? I heard he was going to do one more for something that he's already been doing. Not Star Wars. I don't know. What has he been doing lately? <laughs> I don't know. We can look that okay. up. Um, but yeah, one one more. Well, Quentin Tarantino's doing one more too, he says. Yeah. Because, you know, he said 10 and then he's done. Mm-hmm. So he's got one more left. Well, he's been saying that since the get-go, though. Yeah, but he he's always had that goal of 10. Yeah. And we're about to hit that. He's only had nine. Hateful Eight was eight. And uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was number nine. 
Still haven't seen that movie. Pretty good. He fights Bruce Lee. I'm not a big fan. He defends it pretty well. Yeah. And, you know, we got his his daughter and his family coming out and saying it, but then he he's also talked about it. And I'm like, look, if you know this biographer, there are a lot of accounts that Bruce Lee that people don't know about. So, I don't know. You can look it up. Yeah. But, but I don't know if that character, that character's not even real, is it? Is what he? character? Uh, uh, Brad Pitt's character? No, no. I mean, this is all complete fantasy, but it's all based on what Quentin Tarantino has discovered through multiple accounts uh, that about Bruce Lee's ego and how he was backstage oh. with stuntmen and how disrespectful he was to the Because uh. he would really, he would, stuntmen, you know, they don't do real strikes. Bruce Lee would really tag him. Uh. And they didn't like him for that. Gotcha. There's a whole thing about it that I, I kind of got into a little bit, but probably because he thought it looked real or made it look real. Or yeah, he doesn't want to do this fake stuff. I mean, yeah, you're gonna fight. You're gonna fight. But but he also has to realize that, or he had to have realized that he was in Hollywood. So yeah, and I'm sure he doesn't do that all the time because you know Jack Jackie Chan used to be uh, a stuntman stunt on that, yeah, an extra or whatever. But um, okay, so we got this kid. He's ten year old boy. Although Austin O'Brien does not look ten. No, no. I mean, he looks like maybe 13. That's what I'm saying, like with the PG-13 rating. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, yeah. he wouldn't even be able to watch these movies, so. Yeah. Danny Madigan, uh, uh, played by Austin O'Brien, who was in Lawnmower Man, Lawnmower Man 2, My Girl 2, a couple other things. But, you know, he's pretty pretty big back in the 90s, right? Right. You know, he, he did lots of things. Um but then he just kind of faded away. Yeah. I was going to say, just like that other dude that was in It, that played Bill, he was in like the Star or the uh, Sequest oh. or whatever, Jonathan Brandis. He killed himself. Yeah, and that's why I, I stopped myself. Yeah. He, but yeah. he committed suicide. Yeah, him and uh, that one dude from the Disney Channel that played Cyborg in Smallville. Yes. He was yeah. also in Rizzoli and Isles. Yeah. Yeah. Sad, sad. sad. Um, so anyways... Uh, basically, his dad died not too long ago, and to distract himself from that, he takes solace in action movies, loves action movies, loves movies, tends to stip, skip school for it because he lives in New York and his mom's work, full-time working. You know, he's got to get himself to school, so he always cuts school and just goes straight to the theater. And we have some old man there that, that contributes to this delinquency, right? Yeah. Doesn't tell him to get to school. He puts on a movie for him. I just think that's very irresponsible, that old man. Yeah, but that old man's probably at that age where he just doesn't really care, and he gives uh, <laughs> uh, really gives away a stupid t- uh, a ticket that he said he literally got from Houdini, from Houdini. Uh, to uh, a kid that just comes in, watches movies, and then he lets him in at weird times throughout the night. And maybe it was he was yeah. part. Maybe Houdini was part of that cult in the Now You See Me movie. Maybe he was a demon. That old man was a demon, <laughs> giving this kid a ticket like that, or like. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, uh, his favorite action movies are the Jack Slater movies. Um, and in this world, Arnold Schwarzenegger exists as he does. In this world, everything else is real except for Danny and his life. You know, but everything else is real. You know, there's actors, Arnold Schwarzenegger, maybe, and his wife, Maria Shiver, back then. Maybe we're in a movie because he became governor. Maybe we're all in a movie. That's true. 
That's true. Maybe we're in the movie. Yeah, that does sound like a movie. Bad, bad (laughs) episode. The Governor. And I'm pretty sure uh, the Simpsons probably predicted that too. And then that's a that's another thing we've got auras here in the in the uh, name of the Simpsons who predicts everything in the future somehow happening that's true you know there's the, we must be in the movie and there's oh a real well, tell, tell me we're not in an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie if oh that's my gosh. true it's about to be over He's oh yeah <laughs> well, I don't know I don't know he starts to look better it's like it's to the point where he's de-aging de-aging yeah I hope we're not in an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie because there's a lot of destruction you know what I mean? Yeah. There's uh, a lot of... De- Remember he said, he said this is just a quote a little bit in the future, but it's a quote in the movie where he says, yeah, in this movie, we only killed 48 people, and oh, then in yeah. the last movie, we killed 119. And that was... Uh, that, he's like, I just really want to make sure that we're making these movies for... Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's like a meme or something that came out about that, like a news report that too many killings in his movies or something. And, you know, it's almost like he kind of memed himself this entire movie. Well, they say that there's a lot of Easter eggs for movie buffs in here, if you can pick it up. You know, like the T-1000 passing the Terminator as they walk in and out of the police station, plus yeah. Sharon Stone from uh, Basic Instinct walking yep. out of there after her interrogation. The T-1000. Oh, jeez. It was probably that cartoon cat that interrogated. Yeah, that was so <laughs> random, too, you know? Yeah. Um. So... Uh, uh, we were talking about Charles Dance earlier, and, uh, you know, he played Tywin Lannister in Game of Thrones, right? Yes. You know who was supposed to play his role? Who? Alan Rickman. I could see that. Because his villain was supposed to be an Alan Rickman type. And so since Arnold was playing a type like he usually plays, I could they see wanted that. to get Arnold, I could see that. Alan Rickman to play somebody like he usually He plays. would be a perfect villain because it would still be a pl- uh, on the nose yeah. on that. Because, you know, it's like with him from, from Die Hard, you know, and, and him playing playing also the villain on this film, you know, making fun of other films and, and action Alan films. And Alan Rickman at the premiere, too, playing the bad guy. You know what I mean? He'd be on the red carpet with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That would be pretty that cool. Scene. That would have been cool. Yeah. I mean, rest in peace to Alan Rickman, too. I mean, we we here at the uh, post-credit podcast are super fans of his. So. Super, super fans. Um, okay, so basically he's watching movies. He gets in trouble from his mom because he finds she finds out that he's always watching movies. Uh, one time when he leaves the theater. But does she really care? She does, but she can't do much because she's struggling to do this by herself. She's working a lot. She works all hours of the day and everything. And they got so. an apartment that apparently he gets uh, robbed. Mugged. Mugged in his own apartment. Yeah, he gets mugged and they, they try to steal. But but anyway, so, um, yeah, I forget about that every time. I, I forget that he gets mugged and then I'm like, what is the point of the scene? I'm like, well, it's not too... It's not to make him stronger by the end so that he can take on muggers or whatever, which is usually how they set that type of thing up in the beginning. But or Arnold being the- there when he shows up and him punching the guy in the face, telling him never to come back again, and then going back to his own movie again. Yeah, you know, that's like what that. you wanted to happen. But yeah. like I said at the beginning of this, this that cast that of Pod. Big lives there. Yeah, yeah. But like I said at the beginning of this cast of Pod, <laughs> um, I... I'm still with the point that he basically he lost pretty much the whole movie. Yeah, he didn't die, but he didn't have the best ending in the film or like, beginning or middle. Exactly. Yeah, he was there. There was a lot of stuff that was going weird. But then I remembered that the key was the purpose to have that. Remember when he throws the key in the toilet? Yeah. And then Danny has the key for later. Yeah. So 
I don't know. That was very, I, I guess it's supposed to contrast the glossy fun, <laughs> quote unquote, fun world in yeah. the movie. Because it's bright and sunny in the bright sunny L.A. in the real world. You can tell somebody from L.A. wrote this. Yeah. Because New York is the dark, gloomy real world. This yeah. terrible place where you mm-hmm. can die and everything hurts. Mm-hmm. And uh, glossy, sunny California. <clears throat> that's where that's yeah. where the good stuff and the magic happens. I just thought the duality between those two. Yeah, really and cool. you you actually said it too uh, when we were watching the movie was that uh, you know that that scene of New York is what we talk about when we talk about movies that are cast in New York back in the eighties and early nineties, dirty and grimy, dirty and grimy, like not the whole city. I'm just saying, you know, the streets and, and, and just lived in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it's been around for so long, Yeah, we have easier ways to, you know, clean streets and yeah. do the upkeep and all that kind of stuff. But back then, you know, all those streets just look that way and dark, very, very poorly uh, lit. Yeah. Um, you I'm know, sh- just, and I'm sure the films or the director's, looked for places like that because yeah. they were more interesting to film yeah. in. And, and not saying because, you know, L.A.'s kind of, as New York got cleaned up, L.A. seemed to get yeah. a little worse. New York got a little bit cleaner and yeah, L.A.'s really San weird Francisco's kind I mean, of we're, down the toilet. We're, in the, we're from the South, so it's... Uh, yeah, I guess we can't really talk about nah. that, but from what I hear, San Francisco's yeah. not doing too well. Yeah. But anywho, so anyways, one of these times um, the old dude says, hey, come back tonight. Mm-hmm. All right, creepy old man. Mm-hmm. Come back tonight, and I'll show you a movie. Or I'll, I got a surprise for you. <laughs> and so, like this, I'm saying, this old man that, like, kind of these two are alone. There's a couple other people there, but he's like, come back tonight. I got a surprise for you. All right. Well, at least it's not I'm like. A uh, little more cautious nowadays. Right. So at least it's not like the pupil. Remember the pupil? Apt or apt pupil or the pupil? The the one where uh, I think Ian McKellen was like a That's was, apt pupil. Oh yeah, yeah. That's where a Stephen King novel? Yeah, where where the kid like you know meets an old man, and finds out he's really yeah, yeah, a Nazi, Nazi and, and all this. Yeah, at least it wasn't. One of, at, least, at least it wasn't one of those situations, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come back. He's, a, he's I don't know. Come look at my collection. Yeah, come look at my collection. It's a Nazi memorabilia or something. Yeah. You're like. Okay. So the first sign that this is going to go bad is that when he gets there, the guy's dressed up. Yeah. <laughs> in a costume. Yeah. And you're like, okay, where is this going? And where did the person that used to wear that costume went as well? Yeah, exactly. He's wearing one of these, uh, the... Um, Bell hops or the, things. Or the, you know, the, the aisle boy yeah. people. That have <laughs> That's the what I'm saying. The, like, you know, what is it called? The uh, the person that guides people to their seats? Oh, uh, it starts with an S, doesn't it? Uh, so, so so sh- chauffeur whatever that's a c yeah um yeah so one of those things he shows up and he's dressed up as uh, a bellboy and uh he takes him and he says he has this magic ticket uh that was given to him by harry houdini himself well because he makes a comment about harry houdini before he even right. presents the ticket you know saying oh man you should have seen it. you know i saw it in my eight my day blah 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 yeah and uh, he, he doesn't know what it's going to do, but he tore it. He's supposed to give him a real good experience. So he tore the ticket, put one half down in the little ticket box, gave Danny the other half. Danny takes it, goes into the movie, sits down, and he starts watching the new, the old man's screening for him, the new Jack Slater movie, Jack Slater 4. It might as well have been just giving him candy out of a, van, a white van. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Or, you know, just sending him off to, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so basically, um, he's watching the the movie and he sees 
the the bad guy of the movie, quote unquote. It's really the the head guy is not the main bad guy of this movie or of the Jack Slater movie, I don't think. But it's this Benedict guy who's kind of the right hand man of the main guy, of mm-hmm. the main mob boss guy or yeah. whatever. So they're threatening Jack Slater's second cousin because they've killed so many people in his family that that's all that's left, except for the other one that we meet later. She's randomly alive. But everybody else, his son, his all these other people, they've all been killed. And so the closest they can get to him is like, they, uh, we know you know about Jack. You know, you're his second cousin or uh, second mother's cousin or what does he say? Well, well if you, it, yeah, it's... And what's funny about that, too, is that, like, they say that they went after, you know, his ex-wives and everybody else, but they never really said they went after the daughter. And we find out why, you know, about halfway through the film. She, what, about how prepared she is? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, he watches this movie, and um, they're, you know, uh, in the movie, Jack finds out that uh, his, um, his second cousin or whoever it is, uh, was killed by these mob people or whatever, and he tells them to be careful. But then the whole house blows up. So, anyways, he uh, the this this truck comes in a drive by because I guess the plan was to lure Jack there, and these people start shooting at him, and he gets into a uh, a chase with him. He gets into his car and starts driving away, and the two other cops that were there with him get blown up and they die. And of course, Danny called it that they were going to die. Yeah, and as if the reference to Murtaugh wasn't enough because um, he was like what did he say two days to retirement and then it, it, we had to get the saxophone music that we get yeah. with Murtaugh in the Lethal Weapon uh, music then yeah, get too old for this yeah, stuff yeah exactly <laughs> so anyways he jumps into his car and drives off and that's when a stick of dynamite comes through the screen and Danny that's pretty good acting here, I think, and looking yeah. pretty terrified. But how did it, the popcorn make it go out? No, no, I don't know if it was well, the popcorn. Well, it just popcorn. went, s- yeah, because he dumped his popcorn. Oh, maybe it was just, it was burning through the popcorn. Because when he was running away, it, it did kind of all up. turned yeah. into the fire and everything. Yeah. But basically, he runs away from the bomb, and uh, he gets blown into the, the, the movie world. And he lands in Jack's backseat. I don't know why he wouldn't land in the, the truck's backseat. I suppose it's whoever was on screen when he went through. Before it switched back and forth. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, well, no, no. Think about it. What it was is the the TNT went outside into the real world, and he replaced the TNT. Because, remember, they were throwing the TNT into the car. Yeah, but Jack shot the TNT. Because that's what you do in a <laughs> but all, I know, but all I'm saying is that that, that TNT, he replaced the TNT, I feel like. <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, you know, think about it. Like, the TNT came out into the movies. He went into the movie. But there was no replacement when they came back out, though. Yeah. But remember the, Yeah, but you, you know as well as I do, movies sometimes just in the middle of the movie, they'll change up the canon in the movie. Is that the guy that plays Odd Job, by the way? It looked like him. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Um... So anyways, he goes in there and uh, Slater kills him uh, just by playing chicken or whatever. gets rid of him. Um, He takes him to the LAPD and the whole time Danny's saying, you're in a movie, we're in a movie, what's going on? Uh, And of course, you know, Jack doesn't believe him and everything. He goes to his uh, boss and on his way to his boss, we get all the cameos. You know, we walk by Sharon Stone and the T-1000 and all that. Um, 
So we get to the boss, and he starts asking, you know, who is this kid? And the kid's like, got all this information because he's already watched like, like maybe the first 20, 30 minutes of the movie. Literally told him about if they would have just told him about the villain, the guy, the partner, not the partner, but the guy that he went uh, saved his life in Vietnam or something like that. Yeah, you know, if 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 Arnold or Jack would have believed him. Right off the bat, the whole movie would have been over. Yeah, you know, been like, okay, let's 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 question you here real quick, and that guy probably would have freaked out, and shot him. Movie would have been done. Yeah, and it, but it was so refreshing to hear Danny say all the things that you know we talk to the screen and say yeah. sometimes. You know, what's great about this is that he actually speaks for the audience. You know, and points out all the contrivances that we would. Yeah. You know, like okay, obviously he's going to be okay. Those two cops are going to be dead, and that's what happens. Well, know? thank God he knew the rules. Yeah, you know, because exactly. there are you the, know, rules. the rules of yeah. a horror movie, and you have rules of an action movie. You, yeah, you know, the hero can't die, and the hero can't really get that hurt. Uh, but the com- the comedy relief can get hurt, but not Which really die. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, he sp- he he speaks for the audience, points out the contrivances that we would, and by doing so. It, it affects the plot, you know, like like we'd like to, you know, like we would like to have an effect and say, you know, no, go here and make the person do this and they actually do it for him. So and then all that and it gives us an acceptable reason to do so. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I like how before they get to the station, when they bring the big gun out of the van, um, he turns to go off the bridge. But in ter- instead of turning right to where he would be blocking Danny to shield him from any bullets, he turns left <laughs> <laughs> putting Danny in the line of fire as yeah. he goes out the bridge. Yeah. And it just kind of somehow they because... go off the bridge and there's like no true damage to this car. After all it goes through. I mean, he's still driving this car around. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what, what follows then is, is many different, uh, <laughs> many different, um, uh, tropes and everything. You see a guy named practice and, uh, they make jokes about his name throughout the whole movie um, it's just he's supposed to be that guy, you know, that that's yeah. that's a, kind of a side character you don't think much of until at the end <gasps> you find out something's going on. And Danny helps with that because he's like, dude, he's like he he killed Mozart, you know, in another movie. Yeah. But he uh, he's he's making the point that he, he always plays a bad guy. Yeah. I know that actor. He's always playing a bad guy. There's going to be something wrong with him, and yeah. he's going to betray you. And, yeah. You know, so just things like that are things that we would say. You know, how many times have we watched movies and be like, well, I know it's this guy because he always plays a bad guy. Yeah. And you know who you did know? this first, I think, this this kind of formula for a movie? Who? I think... Wait, which formula are you talking about? Th- this, you know, breaking the fourth wall kind of thing in a way, but just really kind you know, of... This meta type of thing. Yeah, this meta type of thing. I think who really true, you know... You got airplane. I think airplane truly like pioneered this this yeah. way of this way of kind of comedy slash it's at action. Least the closest because I mean that's more of like a spoof, but yeah, like it's it's probably the closest. I mean, thing we have you've literally got people that are in this movie, movie. Yeah, you got people in the in airplane like Kareem Abdul Jabbar, who is really Kareem Abdul Jabbar in the movie and you know in the story and everything. Yeah, you know, and, a pilot, and, right? Yeah, yeah, and then Naked Guns, another one just like it too. You know that kind of. Naked Gun and um, Loaded Weapon. Yeah, and uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah, Loaded Weapon was for Lethal Weapon. Naked Gun. Rickman Rickman was in that one, right? He was the he Who? was Sheriff Nottingham in. Uh, no, Rickman was in the real Robin Hood. That's right. Kevin that's Costner. right. Yes, he yes. That's what Sheriff I'm thinking. Nottingham. I can't remember. I, I can see him in my head. I just don't yeah. know his name. Who plays the Nottingham character in this one? But or in the Men in Tights one? Yeah, but with the chastity belt. We're men. Were men in tights, tights, tights. We're men.
I, I really do love that movie. I, I remember watching it. I was probably maybe we may fourteen. Like <laughs> and the chassis we'll about your life. Remember she yeah, breaks out the Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> we were just watching because I wanted to do Problem Child on here yeah. sometime. Yeah, and we were talking about how Amy Yasbik plays two different characters. In part one, she's this annoying, really annoying wife. Yeah, who runs away with the bad guy, yeah. but then ends up going missing. And in part two, she plays. The girl's mom, yeah, who's she's a completely different character, right. but she gets romantically linked to him again. Right, so it's just there's got to be like a list of movies that do stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, anyways, he gets in there, and <clears throat> the whole time, he's just he's just pointing out everything that we would point out. You yeah. know, he's he's and he's giving them information. He points him to the house where uh, his second cousin or whatever it was, was tortured. Yeah. And where he just so happened to be driving down the right street and everything. Well, he knew at least it was on the beach somewhere. And so I'm sure he just told him, Hey, let's go to the beach and I'll show you where it is. And he, I think there was an overhead shot at the beginning of the movie. Maybe that was, that helped or whatever. But so he's able to, and just by chance, you know, uh, he gets to talk to this Benedict guy, which automatically makes Arnold go, okay, well, something's going on here. You know, and then yeah. you get the dogs doing the pyramid thing, which was stupid. <laughs> this <laughs> so is what I'm saying. It's the whole layout. So, anyways, um, they uh, they eventually go to um, they eventually go to the uh, 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 oh before they leave. Uh, the bad guy Benedict hears the kid talking about everything they yeah. talked about on the balcony at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And so now the Bennett guy is wondering wh- how he knows. How does this yeah. kid know what we said and everything? So Jack and them go to his ex-wife's house, uh, which I think used to be his house and everything, and uh, sees his daughter, says hi to his daughter and everything. And they're hanging out there. And because remember, <laughs> he said, and this is for blowing up my ex-wife's house. And he slapped him on the hand. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but he... <laughs> And how, how they didn't die was just hilarious. You see them in in the in the after it blows up, you see him sitting in the chair in front of uh, his boss, in front of the chief or whatever, and they're just like both of them are like, I cannot believe this just happened. Yeah, yeah. So, so Jack goes and does the typical hero thing where you got to go mope and and uh, and you know just stew and what do they call it? Um, emo uh, yeah like when you have the mood where you're um brooding that's brooding it. yeah you know the typical where the hero goes and broods and you know he's upset because he lost somebody but he's going by newspaper stands and magazine stands yeah and, you know you almost expect a saxophone to start playing and everything you know like the old school movies but while that's happening the bad guys come and track them down to uh his ex-wife's house uh-huh. And they take uh, they take Danny and um, his daughter. What was his daughter's name in there? Uh, Bridget Wilson is her name yes. in real life. Um, Sonia Blade. Sonia Blade. Okay, so Whitney Slater. Okay, Whitney Slater's her name. She has. Okay, so we got to keep track of these three okay. names. All right. So um, Whitney Slater played. Everybody else is different, but Arnold Schwarzenegger plays detective jack slater in these movies but <clears throat> bridget wilson doesn't play uh whitney slater 
in the real world, apparently, in this real world, uh, Meredith Caprice plays Whitney Slater, and that's played by Bridget Wilson. You know, it was almost like it was like an afterthought. <laughs> They're like, hey, let's just put her in the movie. You know, like, at, when they originally so wrote confusing. the movie, you know, they were just going to use her as, like, uh, just a, uh, you know, maybe a character poster or something outside the movie. And then I think that they were like, well, you know, let's put her actually in the movie or yeah. something. And then, of course, like, she's completely different from when she... When, he, when when she comes up, remember she answers the door and she gives somebody a kiss and it's supposed yeah. to be some like Skeevy. school th- yeah. thing or whatever. Skeever, I and think. And then she goes, oh yeah, he that's probably this guy. Do you think that was part of the original plot of the movie and that this interrupted mm-hmm. then? It yeah. had to have yeah, been, Yeah, probably. Because then it's she's like dressed normal. Mid-movie. But in like in a minute she goes somewhere and she changes into the sexy clothes with the yeah. hair all done and everything. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, this is a typical action movie. Right, this right, is right. how a pretty girl would dress or whatever back in back in those days. She's but. lethal though. She is. And uh, she starts beating up one of the guys. She's screaming the whole thing. And when I was younger, I was like, Why is she screaming so much? It always used to bug me. And I guess I just didn't realize she was just trying to hide the fact that she was she beating, was beating the guy him up, up yeah. and yeah. she yeah. was supposed to be the one beat up, but Anyways, he tricks the the guys into signaling to Jack. Jack comes in and, you know, kills all these people, makes them shoot each other, and um, Benedict gets away. You know, he's, he's shooting with, like, a little thirty eight, right? And he's launching people across the room. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, you I mean he does do got that. a cannon. He's got a cannon, but I'm well, saying he's got, like... car chase, right? It ended yeah. with a guy, like, being wired into the air instead yeah, of just, that was ridiculous. Like, flying into an airbag or something. So... Anyways, the um, you know the action's ridiculous in this, um, but they chase they chase uh, Benedict out of there, and um, uh, the kid gets on the bike and he's like, "I'm missing all the action. I'm in the action movie and I'm missing all the action." And then he goes and tries to tries to play chicken with the guys. He's like, "I'm a good guy. This is gonna be no problem." So he starts hauling butt, right? Yeah. He starts hauling butt, and then he tries to play chicken with a car on a bicycle on a pink bicycle no means a little kid's pink bicycle and um ends up realizing i am the comedy relief and then basically he gets out of the way of the car real quickly and somehow ramps up enough to get on top of a house come down that house and then still land on his back with just a simple groan but with the shot with him on the bike and the moon in the background you had to get that amblin entertainment slash et moment well why couldn't they have done that you know like just had him launch up in the air i guess you know uh with the with the moon in the background you know just kind of a shout out i don't know i guess they had to they did all kinds of shout outs in this movie but they couldn't have done that one well, they even own the rights to the movie. He's not even supposed to be in there, Andrew. Yeah, I know. I'm surprised it's not like tearing the fabric of the film yeah. reality. It's not the true metaverse. So, uh, Benedict gets away, and uh, he he has, um, what's his name's wallet? The kid's wallet. Yeah. Dandy's wallet. And they go. They end up going to some crappy little motel mm-hmm. apartment place and everything. Yeah, and he no walks furniture. right in and he shoots the closet. <laughs> and he's like, "Why'd you? How'd you know someone's gonna be in there?" And there's always someone. In, I think we all. I mean, had the same line yeah. with him. We all knew what he was gonna say. There's but how did he not know he was in a movie like that? He's like, "How do you know that you're you know?" Life's, I guess his well, life's know, always been like that, so it, he never really noticed the difference. And he it was never grew up because it was just written that he existed. Yeah. He had a background. Yeah. And then but he has the same exact clothes I mean, and on, nothing he different. Point, he even pointed out there was a cartoon cat earlier. Good so. point. Good point. Yeah. So he uh, they're in there, and while they're doing that, um, the uh, Benedict guy has the ticket 
and uh, he's starting. He puts his hand through a wall, and he's starting to believe that this is real yeah. now. And he's like, "Oh my gosh, this is real!" And uh, then eventually he starts kind of monologuing. Yeah, is that after he kills? His boss. Well, I mean, because yeah, I think it is. Yeah, because we did skip over the whole funeral for yeah. farts and yeah. all that stuff, yeah. and 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 he skipped over the funeral for farts, and um, you know, with with that one, I mean, there's really not much to talk about that funeral. Anyways, no, I mean, right? I know? think I think he, you know, he figured out that okay, um, Benedict, uh, that somebody missed somebody else, you know, yeah. when when there was assassination attempt, mm-hmm. and they killed this um, heavier set gentleman uh named farts yeah and apparently he used to farts a lot uh, fart a lot so that's why they call him farts uh but what they find out is that benedict missed on purpose to kill this guy that way they could stuff him full of this gas that was stolen a couple days before the movie started and then at the funeral when you have the entire crime family there you gas them all and you kill them and then benedict's boss gets to take over the whole thing correct right so that whole thing kind of happened um that's the scene where you find out practice is working with benedict and, and the crime boss yeah and the but they overcome him and danny gets a, a crane and anyways they get the body out of there they dump it in a tar pit and they solve that issue yeah but after they do that benedict goes and kills his boss and is like look you're an idiot and he's been correcting him all movies he always says stuff like oh, i feel like a fourth wheel here and the guy's like it's fifth wheel you idiot you know, different things <laughs> yeah. like that he's always correcting him on so he's tired of it he knows he's in a movie now and so he's like okay i don't have to deal with this anymore i'm going to a new world yeah and so he kills him and then he starts talking to the camera and you got to imagine he's just talking down the hallway or through a wall mm-hmm. expecting the camera to be looking at him because he believes in it now. Yeah. Now he's talking to the audience. Inle- unless he he's in a movie. Unless that's just his natural setting. You know what like I mean? Like like a, yeah, like villain, you know how villains do that in certain movies and stuff. But I mean they, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I, I kind of feel like he's still he's just still he knows that he's in a movie but he's still stuck in that mode. Makes me think that some of these movies can see through the screen. In this, this in Danny's world, yeah. some of the villain. That's why you have the breaking the fourth wall scenes, whatever you know. But either way, he is ready to go into the the real world. Um, uh, Danny and Jack are <laughs> for some reason. Bridget rolls up and with just a piece of tissue, he's able to wipe all the tar off his body that he just yeah. fell in. Hilarious. He's like, and, and Danny's like, you don't find that just doesn't make any sense basically yeah. you know and he's like hey we're in a movie yeah right you said it so anyway she brings the truck they get in the truck they go after benedict they uh they fight him in his house or in that bad guy's house or whatever and benedict escapes through the well he doesn't escape through the wall he gets thrown through the wall yeah. by jack but instead of crashing through the wall he just goes through the portal yeah and that's when jack's like oh my gosh uh now there's a possibility that either i'm crazy or you're right so he decides, like, look, you, your, your daughter's grown up. Your ex-wife's not here anymore. You know, all these different things. You pretend to have somebody call you, uh, and it's not really your mm-hmm. ex-wife and all this. So what, what do you have to lose? And, and Jack's just like, fine, screw it. And he leaps out, and then he realizes he's in the real world. He, they run out of the theater, tries to shoot it. The car doesn't blow up. He punches through a glass. His fist hurts. He's getting a sense of the real world yeah. now. Yeah. And he's getting very depressed about it. Yeah. So and the old man's being weird again. And he's just like, oh, I idolize you. Well, you shouldn't because I found out my whole life's fake, <laughs> you know, yeah. and not real. And he's like, being real is not, not everything. Politicians. And he says politicians yeah. twice and everything. Yeah. So, 
But um, so anyways, Benedict gets away, obviously, and um, Jack plays chicken with the uh, his little henchman guy. Ends up killing him, but, you know, Jack's saved by the airbags. Yeah. Uh, and then they go home, and he introduces to a mom, his mom. He kind of gets a, a sense of the real world and, and talking to people as well, because yeah. when Danny wakes up in the morning, he's like, we've just been talking. He's like, I've never done that, because, you know, in the movie, all he does is quips, mm-hmm. and then the next scene, he's waking up yeah. in bed with somebody or yeah. whatever, you know? So he's never actually talked with somebody before. And I don't know what he's doing up on the Empire State Building or whatever building they're on in there. I don't know if he's... <laughs> doing an action movie thing where <laughs> they go and look out the city and suddenly they can find them. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So, but it gives him some clarity and he figures out that he's going there. He's going after the movies and, um, the, you know, specifically wants to target Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the guy who plays Jack Slater, uh, thinking that if they can kill him, then Jack Slater won't exist. And I'm like, well, that's stupid because the film is, or the movie's put to film. And even after people die, that film still exists. And yeah. we still watch the movies. Yeah. So that wouldn't kill them. Right. But I guess they had to rush the ending on this. Mm, who knows? That's that's the Rachel moment. Yeah, it is. I think that we got to accept that that's the Rachel moment. There's a lot of Rachel moments on this. Like I said, if you would have believed the guy well, at the beginning. Yeah. Believe the kid. Yeah. Um, so whenever what was it before he uh he said he was gonna uh, benedict was taunting them and saying i'm gonna explain everything i think or is this when they catch up to him i can't remember um one of my favorite lines in this is when he's real quick at the uh at the funeral and he's trying to get the the body out of there before it explodes and he's trying to distract people (laughs) and he goes look elephant he doesn't say like an elephant he just look "Look, elephant look can this somebody help this man here i think the corpse i mean the the patient look elephant (laughs) had too much bourbon look elephant look elephant Uh, and that had to be ad-libbed. There is no way that a scriptwriter would write those words. <laughs> Knowing how funny it would sound yeah, coming out of his that's, mouth. That's what I'm talking about with him, though. I think it's just natural. Yeah. You know, like, it, it's just things that, like, who who knows, like, because you see a lot of these, watch these movies that, you know, they're speaking different languages, right? And then you see the, uh, we get to see the, the, uh, the words what do they call the captions yeah captions yeah right you get to see the captions on there titles and which is kind of cool because in this movie we actually get to see what his the chief says oh yeah when he's like hey you set the bread on it take a toast like a dick from you I got the California Razor Castle doing all me a bunch of the Dara Hand Frakes doing all me a bunch of in my first cinema Tiny Timber step going to the total so what you ball peen jack of meters I'll set the bread on it take a toast like a dick from you you know you think you're making a new marriage which you're never going to get this down the beach go down the beach None of it made sense. Yeah, and I was like, all. oh, uh, I'm actually reading what the guy's saying. And yeah, that's exactly what it yeah. sounds like he's saying. But but it's kind of like the same way where you see a lot of the foreigners, they say jokes that like just go right over our heads. You know what I mean? As yeah. Americans. Yeah, another, the, my other favorite line in this movie is whenever he's in the real world figuring things out, the bad guy, Benedict, and he goes and shoots somebody and he goes, hello? I've just shot someone and I did it on purpose. It's <laughs> not like some Monty Python stuff. I'm sorry to bother you. I wonder if you'd help me test a theory. Sure, what can I do for you? Well. Hello? I've just shot somebody. I did it on purpose. I said I have murdered a man and I want to confess. 
like I said, Monty Python. You know. Yeah, exactly. So he's what he's realizing is that bad guys can win in this yeah. world. In yeah. the movies, it's impossible. No matter how long you win, yeah, eventually you're gonna lose. Yeah. But in this world, he's figuring out there's no cops coming, not for any every single crime or whatever. And so people can get away with things. And so he's getting a lot bolder, and his plan is to go and use the ticket to take yeah. out, like, some terrible Freddy Krueger, they actually mentioned Freddy. Yeah, all these. So, um, But we find out that the only person that he did release was the Ripper, right. which we saw at the beginning of the movie when uh, Danny was watching Jack Slater 3, at the very beginning. And Jack's son was uh, killed yes, by Jack's, the Ripper. Yeah, he was you don't actually get to find Ripper. that out until the end, actually. Or not the end, but... Middle. Yeah, middle to, to closer to the end but you don't really get to find that out what ended up like you know as far as we knew you know his son was fine it was his, yeah and it was his daughter that said it right when yeah. they were talking in the house yeah. yeah i think she said that there well but. plus then we get a flashback when the ripper comes in too you know yeah at the end. so jack figures it out and goes to the premiere of the movie where um the ripper the actual ripper from the movie is there along with the actor that played him and so he goes after arnold schwarzenegger but we see that it was just a uh, a trick by the Ripper. He knew that he he didn't want Arnold. He wanted Jack, and so he knew that uh, that Jack would come after him. He went up to the roof and took Danny with him, just like he did his son. Mm-hmm. And so um, he has to fight him again. And he, the dude just immediately, as soon as Arnold gets up there, he throws Danny off the the roof and is like, "There, that's out of the way yeah. now. Let's fight." Yeah, you know. And so Jack fights him and eventually kills him, electrocutes him, and everything. And then he looks over and he sees Danny hanging from that little building ledge or whatever. Yeah. And as he's going to try to save him, you can hear Arnold say, Hold on, Danny, and don't look down. Oh, God. Please don't let him die. You know, he goes from badass person like he was mm-hmm. at the beginning, nothing can hurt me, to now this flawed guy where he's like, please don't let me die, yeah. you know? And I, th- I thought that was like one of the, you know, the best parts of the movie, really, yeah. is, is that honesty in that character. As silly as this movie's been, you have a bit of, like, seriousness from a character that's like, just realizes for the first time in his life that he can die. Yeah. I thought that was cool. So, yeah. um, before he, uh, when, when, when it's time to take on Benedict, you know, he says st- stuff like, um, you know, um, what is it? You know, let me tell you the plot and everything. And, you know, they go on to monologue. There's a couple of things that like, like reference back to the Incredibles and the monologuing that yeah. that these people do. But um, he gets shot by Benedict, and uh, but Benedict ends up getting killed. And Danny gets Jack back into the movie screen by taking mm-hmm. an ambulance hostage. Yeah. And uh, he's about to die. And then the doctor comes over and he's like, what, are you kidding me? This is just a flesh wound because he's yeah. back in the movie now. So... Uh, Danny goes back to his world, and you know Slater's like, "Look, I'm good. I just need to know that you're out there believing in me, and I can keep doing this, and I'll know, you know, you'll know that I'm in here doing what I need to be doing." Yep. So Arnold gets the pep talk. He gets all the good stuff happen to him. He gets his job back. He gets yep. his life back. He gets his family back, and then Danny gets back to the way he was living, anyways. Uh yeah. And his mom doesn't know much, and they're still living kind of rough and all that kind of stuff. But He'll always have the Jack Slater movies, and maybe everything that happened at the premiere will cause more buzz for it, and they'll they'll start making more movies so Jack can have maybe. more adventures. And then they'll turn him, because remember they said there was less violence in this new yeah. one? Yeah, And the next one, there won't be hardly any, because no. remember, he's a changed man. That doesn't no, they already, do all that they already made yeah. a part two. It's called Kindergarten Cop. You mean part five? Yeah. <laughs> Kindergarten Cop, yeah. I don't know. He was pretty rough at the beginning of that movie, remember? Yeah. The full shadow and well, that's uh, what I'm he's saying. all rough and everything. Yeah. yeah, kindergarten cop. Now he teaches kids. 
It's rough. Yeah. That's the movie. Yep. Great movie. Yeah. Uh, if you go into it with the right mindset mm-hmm. and just like go into it nowadays where let's 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 kind of rip on the 90s while also have fun with them yeah you know so um what was your favorite part of this movie um where she's beating up that dude and screaming i thought that was awesome why was that your favorite part it's just funny it was hilarious. Yeah, it was she did it with such a deadpan <laughs> face. Yeah, she had such a deadpan face like she was a killer, you know? She was. She's like, oh, big mistake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was pretty. And she had some Sonya Blade moves. Yeah, she did. Too. She did. That was flipping, pretty awesome. Flipping these dudes and everything. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I think that part where he was, you know, fighting Benedict at the end. Yeah. And he's like, you know, don't let me die. I think that's probably my favorite part that hit me right here. <laughs> so... Um, all right, guys. If you got it, if you get a chance to watch this, it's on Netflix. Give it a chance. It's a fun movie. Don't expect anything great uh, and, and simply fantastic, amazing, whatever. It's a basic '80s '90s movie, action movie uh, with a twist, and it makes it kind of interesting uh, if you are willing to have fun with it. So, uh, if you guys want to get a hold of us, we're on all social media at the Post Credit Podcast. Um, except for Twitter, we're at the Post Credit. Our email address is thepostcreditpodcast at gmail.com. We have a website. It's www.thepostcreditpodcast.com, and we're on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you next time. And throw me a bone.